Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Success in Sales, Hacks and Chats. And we have a very special guest. We have Jane Arthur joining me today. Jane, thanks for coming on the show. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Jane's a seasoned and experienced veteran of 30 plus years in retail. She's a mother, business owner, an all-round hard worker. And she's also a passionate foodie and experimental home cook, which I'm sure for those of you that are listening, those that have checked out the title of the show, it's going to be How to Start a Food Business on a Shoestring. And Jane is going to talk to us all about that. So Jane, I'll let you start off, <clears throat> let you start off and kick things off for us. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Yes, gosh, there's so many uh, different ways I can take this. There's, there's a lot of people have this sort of utopia moment of uh, thinking how they're going to uh, make their fortunes in food. Um, there's, there's so many success stories before now of, I don't know, the guys from Innocent who were just sort of jobbing students and just came across this fantastic idea of making smoothies and and uh, obviously they're now absolutely loaded and doing very well for themselves and the same goes for lots of the the brands that you see that, are, that have come from nowhere the goose the new covent garden the goodness there's so many brands out there now that, that have come from nowhere and of complete obscurity to you know they're, they're in our basket all the times bite a cocoa um, wasn't even a thing five years ago and it's and it's now absolutely massive so it's not a surprise, really, that maybe if your day job is getting you down and goodness, I work with all sorts of different people. Um, I work with people from ex-police, ex-journos, people who are accountants and so on, so forth. I, I speak to just about everybody. Um, and I think it's generally sort of considered that launching a food or drug product in, into any environment um, must be easier than the job that they're doing at that time. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to cover off some of the points um, on how to actually do it because the majority of people, certainly when I launched my products, I don't have pots of money just sitting there idly, you know, getting, you know, bigger by the second, just sitting there doing nothing. Um, money is hard to come by and really it's for every penny counts when you're launching a product. So hopefully I can help in that respect. One of the first things that, that kind of stuck out for me was this idea of doing it on a shoestring budget. Now, the, the amount of people that, that I see that have, the, particularly in the food industry, because a lot of it is either, <clears throat> either like the idea is to sell as many of them as possible, which is how you make your money, because a lot of it's not very, not very expensive, or then you've got like the kind of top end whereby it's not just about the food it's about the whole experience i guess around the food that makes it perhaps cost that little bit more so there's there's a lot of different areas and a lot of different niches that people can go down when we talk about trying to do it on a cheaper cheaper budget maybe a cheaper startup budget maybe without any investment at all perhaps maybe doing it all off your own back versus going out for funding what sort of scale would you be looking at when it comes to the food industry while trying to do it on that on that shoestring budget? Yeah, that's that's a really toughie. You're absolutely right. Um, and it, regardless of whether you're entry level bargain basement pricing or whether you're really high end premium and you're trying to sell into department stores and you know Buckingham Palace, which people do, by the way. 
Um, regardless of where you're pitching, you really, really need to have done your homework. So you can spend a lot of money very quickly and achieve very little if you're not careful. Um, so my, based on my experience, my advice would be just take a deep breath and make a concrete and pretty comprehensive plan. Don't just do knee-jerk stuff and go, well, my mate's done such and such that it works for him, so therefore it will work for me. Chances are you've got a very different product, very different proposition, um, and the, the way that you're going to achieve success will take a very different path. Um, the people that I work with have, uh, have come to me at all stages, whether they literally have an idea and they come to me and go, I, I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to put one foot in front of the other. I don't know what to do next. I also work with established businesses who have been turning over millions for years in a certain genre, whether that's um, wholesaling or whatever, and want to do something different. The way that each one of them will have to have a very different tool set to move forwards. So make sure that you understand your skill set where you feel that you'll need other people to support you. But effectively, do all as much research at the early stages as you can. And there is a lot out there for you to use and to tap into very inexpensively. All it will take is a little bit of your time. So obviously, the internet is huge and it's at your fingertips. So you can do a lot of research. So let's say, for example, I'm going to launch a new crisp product. I'm not, but let's, let's say I am. Um, you would think that it would be really, relatively straightforward, but you would want to know, you know, are, are, is it going to be a premium crisp product? Is it not? Is it going to be an entry price? Is it going to be, is it going to compete purely on price? Therefore, what kind of product am I going to make it out of? What's the packaging going to be like? Who are my competitors? How much are they charging? What kind of margin are they taking? Um, who's going to make it for me? Am I going to make it at home? Do I have the necessary qualifications and space to be able to make it from home? If not, where do I where do I find someone to make it on my behalf? That kind of thing. Just really explore. You may go well. You will go down lots and lots of dead ends and go. But at least then that's sort of eliminating things. You know, if you're going down that route and it's not going to work, fine. Scratch off your list. That route is not going to work for me because of various reasons. And just do a lot, a lot of research. And that means going around supermarkets, big and small, local delis, butchers, farm shops, you name it. Get yourself out there and really exploring the category that you're going to be in. Have a look at branding. What, what, does your, what is the branding going to look like, feel like? What do you like yourself? Is it going to represent you as a, as a, as a person? Is it going to represent you as your ethics? Are you importing the product? All these things, just put it all down, write it all down, spend as much time as you can, can fit into your life to really research and explore what exactly it is that you're trying to achieve with your product. Um, is it going to be a hobby? Uh, some people do, some people launch products just because they're bored and they've got nothing else to do. Um, or is this actually gonna end up ultimately paying your mortgage? In which case your strategy might be slightly different. Um, time frames, that kind of thing. So there's a lot out there. There's um, there's people like um, and forgive me if I'm not allowed to advertise. You can cut this bit out if you need to. Um, but there's people like Enterprise Nation, the Grocery Accelerator. There's an event in London called Bread and Jam every um, October. We've just missed it, but you can go to next year's. There's lots and lots of events that are set up to support small businesses, and you pay a very nominal fee to go to these events. 
and you get some really high class people um, displaying and exhibiting and talking about their experiences. Tap into them, buddy up with people. LinkedIn is a fount of all knowledge. Just start following some really cool people on there that will provide you with a lot of information. So all the things that I've just demonstrated there are literally on a shoestring. You don't have to spend a lot of money just to do all your research. Um, the British Library has every single Mintel report that the issue. Mintel reports costs thousands if you want specific ones. Certainly, I've never been able to um, tap into them because they just cost too much, too much money. But the British Library, if you go there and can afford the time, they're all there. So if there's certain things that you need in a certain category about a certain product, just take a pen and paper and off you go. Um, all it takes is a little bit of time. Um, and patience and be very specific about the things that you're wanting to know about so so yeah so that's how I would start sure hopefully that's answered your question yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, when we start to to do the research and we start to plan and we start to figure things out one of the things that I do see a lot of and this is just an observation from the people that I've worked with some of the observations from businesses and companies just that, that I've seen you know just from the idea of everyone you know, trying to do their own thing and trying to make their mark and live the lifestyle that they want to live from the business that they have is sometimes research can be it's almost like some of them use research as like an, an excuse almost to not actually start so people think that all oh, that i'm in research mode still or i'm in planning mode or i'm in organization mode right and you stay in that mode for like six months and <clears throat> i mean there is an argument that maybe they still need to do it maybe there is an argument to say that okay well i'm still i'm still not at a point where i can launch yet but isn't it a case of you've got to do enough research to start or take the first step and then do some more research on the next bits or do you do you have to do it all at once is, is there a case of I know that there is a quote of like you don't need you don't need to know the full journey before you take the first step but because food is such an it's such an oversaturated market does that play into the fact that you you do need to know an awful lot just before you start yeah, 100%. I, I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah, I think, I think the saying is you jump out of an aeroplane and build a parachute on the way down. Um, and I think that that could be um, absolutely a lot of people do it and have succeeded. Um, but also, there's information coming at you all the time. Brands evolve all the time. So I agree, you can research and research and there's going to be new stuff coming out all the time. And at what point do you go, you know what, I've actually got enough now to be able to make a valid attempt at um, launching this product. I personally um, am a, I'm a great believer in creating a critical path as part of my plan. So I am going to allocate, let's say, a month to research. I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that I answers all my questions, dosh, 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 by a certain date. After that date, I'm then going to move on to the planning stage. Based on the information that I have, I'm then going to, to move on and start formulating a, a marketing plan, a, 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 I don't know, an outsourcing plan, a, a finance plan, a, um, I don't know, social media plan, start planning stuff and actually put some dates and times in for that as well. It's very, very easy to let time run away with you. And you're quite right. Six months later, you're still 
know further on really you might know an awful lot more but actually in real terms you have achieved very little because there's no um, there's no product yet so yes research and plan as long as it's answering the most basic of questions you can worry about the rest of it at the later stage crikey I've been doing this for 30 years I do not even pretend to know everything um, there's people that have been doing it longer than me who are still learning we are all still learning and, and if, it, if we weren't learning anymore crikey it would be so boring so the world out there is changing when I first started like I said 30 years ago um, I really don't look that old I promise um, it the internet wasn't even a thing <laughs> the internet uh. hadn't even been created so you know when you first start going out and selling to people you actually had to pick up the phone you had to send them a letter or a memo heaven forbid <laughs> I so, know you know you got, I know it actually <laughs> happened um you know mobile phones weren't a thing uh you know there's so many things that you had to do so you know things evolve things don't aren't aren't the same as they were 30 years they weren't they aren't the same as they were 10 years ago so you could spend the next 10 years researching and it's still going to be a very different um, landscape than you've got now so at some point you will actually have to stop and, and collect your thoughts go right I now know I now know where to go and get a barcode I now know who to speak to about getting shelf life testing on my product I now know where to go to get the right kind of packaging I now know who the main distributors are in the UK and what they're looking for I now know my category is in growth by 10% year on year and that um, vegan food is up year on year 20%. I now know all this stuff. So now, now I know it, I can actually put that into, uh, into practice and create a plan based on that information. Um, you, you can disappear back up yourself if you just continue and not put a finite date on it. Uh, I think you have to be quite strict with yourself. I think is the very short answer for a very waffly long answer. <laughs> right. so how do we figure out where to go in terms of being specific so we can have the plan and everything but how specific do we need to be do we have to stick to one thing i mean this idea of starting starting the business i mean we talk about niching down and we talk about being really specific early on but i think i mean in some in some businesses that's purely based on like the, the the service industry or a product that I guess you can handle the fact that you've gone really specific, but you know that the, there are some some industries like the food industry, like perhaps the the music industry or the entertainment industry or whatever it happens to be, is when you're starting up, it's hard to it's hard to justify it unless your unless your vision is more of a, a hobby that just so happens to to give you some pocket money at the end of each week but i think if, if someone wants to you know pay, pay off all their bills with this food business how, how would you suggest people start when it comes to finding out what product to use i mean if after you've done the research and you figure it out and you go huh maybe i can be specific maybe i can't is it something that you would recommend to be specific with the products that they've created yeah i mean it's it's gosh have a goal i think ultimately you need to know at what stage of life if you've just got if you've just had a baby and you're you're stuck at home and you're tearing your hair out you're just bored silly the chances are you're not going to give up everything to go and launch a product but you just want a hobby you just want something that's that's going to 
get your brain ticking over, give you another reason to get up in the morning and put maybe put some framework in your life. Equally, you could be at the stage of life where you think, you know what, I've got no responsibilities. I'm going to really make a go of this. I'm going to clear my savings account, you know, however much you've got. And go, right, I'm going to really make a go of this. This has been my passion for a long time. I've been talking about it for ages. I just want to make a go of this. Um, you will know, hopefully, what your outgoings are each month. Okay, let's say you need to survive on an existing income and lifestyle. Let's say, fuck a number out there. Let's say I need three grand a month. Okay, so three grand a month um, is my um, gross profit. So therefore, after that, I need to sell, let's say if I sell everything at a pound each, I need to sell 3,000 of these products each um, each month. So therefore, my margin is going to be X, Y, and just work it backwards and go, right, I now need to be able to sell X amount each month to be able to keep me within the lifestyle that I need. Therefore, I'm probably not going to achieve that by going and selling to my local delis and butcher shops. There's probably, in this area, maybe 20, um, and I'm probably not gonna achieve that volume by going through them. So therefore, I need to go big or go home. I need to be approaching the multiple retailers to be able to achieve the type of income that I need. So then, that will then sort of determine your mindset. Um, a lot of people are very anti-major multiples, and I can completely get that, but ultimately, that is where the volume is going to be. Um, through larger distributors, UK distributors and major multiple retailing is, is ultimately where the volume is. So if that is what you're wanting to achieve, then that is what you're going to have to target. And if that's what you're going to target, then what is it that they're looking for? What are retailers looking for? And that means going and having a look at their annual reports, going and having a, and, and just get a general understanding from, get, go and buy the grocer magazine, find out what what kind of products they're listing, what they're really passionate about and, find, and just understand the business because each one has a different personality. Waitrose is very different to Tesco's, which is very different to Ricardo and so forth. So just really understand those um, and, and do it that way. Is there a limit in terms of the scale of things depending on how much you can invest? Because I, I don't think that we're, we're going to be talking much about the, the big investment type people. We're going to be trying to talk about the people that are just going to say, right, all I've got really is time and I've got passion and maybe a little bit of money behind me. Like, let's, let's just say you can get the first amount of products they need out. So someone that's in a position whereby they're able to get it out there, but then it's almost like they need to sell it. Like yeah. it's kind of like based on the profits and everything else that will determine whether or not they will keep doing it or whether or not they will officially call it a, in air quotes, a flop and then they'll try something different. So yeah. does the approach have to change? Does the, the product have to change? Because perhaps it's hard to create the, the product that you really want to create first time round because you've not got the, the budget or the investment to do those things. So how would how would the business look and what process would you take people through if someone was to say i don't know i've got let's just throw a number out there let's say you've got maximum of ten thousand pounds or ten thousand of their local currency right and say right i want to at least get something out there whether it's a test to see whether it's worth running the business or whether they can actually dive in with that amount of money who knows but if someone has that ten thousand pounds or ten thousand dollars or whatever it is depending on who you are listening to this how would you go about it and let's just say 
you've got about a month, maybe two months at the most before you actually want to, to start and launch it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it depends. Again, going back to my point, you need to know what it is that you're... Um, what your end goal is and this is something that i would i always say to my clients is make sure that you have even if it's on a little bit of little post-it note write down what it is that your business stands for and whenever you get distracted along the way keep going back to that and go is this going to achieve you know um, mine is just like a, a one sentence about supporting small businesses if i go off and do something like this for example a nice podcast is that going to, to achieve my goal? Yes, no, okay, no, I'm not going to do it again. But that, go back, revert back to um, the post-it note. But yeah, so ultimately, I would say start small. If you've got the time and, and the ability, start small, start making stuff at home. That's where a lot of people start. Start testing the market, start working small, start, you know, testing local markets, um, start giving it to your friends, start doing stuff on social media, giving it out, wanting bloggers bloggers to you know engage with it start getting sort of some kind of traction there will come a point at which you um need to do selling more than you're making at that point you will probably need to start looking at outsourcing and and that's where you'll again having done all your research you'll then know who all your um options are for starting to outsource then the volumes become a little bit bigger you can start to start to talk to a larger People, I mean, this is this is a conversation that you might have maybe over 18 months, two years. This isn't something that would happen within weeks. It might do, who knows? Unlikely. Um, and then just start growing it organically. So, you know, you can either go straight to a manufacturer. It's unlikely to happen this way. It does happen. It's happened to me. You can just launch with a, with a huge manufacturer with a large minimum order quantities and um, go really big straight into a major multiple. Or you can start small. So if you don't have the finances behind you to support something really massive, let's face it, a lot of people don't, then you can just start off small, invest what you've got, reinvest the money back in the business, start growing it that way, like I say, organically. And if it, before you know it, you've got, I mean, I, I had a, a barbecue sauce company, we're talking eight, nine years ago now. Um, and we started small, started small. Before you knew it, we were pretty much at saturation in and around my area, which is home counties, parks, that kind of area um and we were pretty much in every every store that we could be in around that area so then started going into london so i would go once once a week i'd get in my van and um, i'd phone everyone up right i'm, I'm coming for some delivery tomorrow. do you need anything yes i do two cases of this three cases of that load up my van go into london do one day obviously I'd, then i'd only have to pay one day's congestion charge rather than every day go into london deliver it all come back out then uh, that kind of then opened doors for me to go into somewhere like Selfridges and Fortnum and Mason and Harvey Nichols. That went in there, opens doors again. Then all of a sudden you start talking to Facebook and Ricardo and like, well, we're in Selfridges and Harvey Nichols and then fantastic, let's come in, let's talk. So it all happens gradually. One, one is a stepping stone for another. So you don't have to have massive amounts of money and investment at the very, very beginning. You can do it. I use the word again organically it can go at the pace that you're happy with going um you can go big if you want to but equally it can just work gradually and within your capabilities and scope so yes you can start making it from home equally you can then start to outsource and find someone who can make it on and take on a lot of the ordering and distribution um challenges with you or on your behalf definitely 
one of the the things that I do see quite often is there there is this like tipping point, if you will. There is this like inertia point when you go from small to big. Like you go from like you're happy with the small, and then whether it be through your actions or or not, the business starts to grow by itself. Like things start happening to the business without you doing things i.e things start coming to you a little bit and then you realize that the scale might actually be a little bit beyond you at that moment has that ever happened to you and what what, what did you do about it um it's a nice position to have a nice nice problem to have isn't it um it's normally a problem if it's part of the plan um then you should be okay you should know what buttons to turn on and off um as you get to that point it shouldn't come as a huge surprise if, if your product is doing really, really well. Um, there are a lot of people out there, myself included, who are able to help you at that point. Um, I do work with brands who are, like you say, at that tipping point where you go, you know what, I've, I've done the circuit a while now. It's getting to the point now where I physically can't take on um, not just the manufacturing of it, but also the sales of it, the marketing of it, the finances of it. And all of a sudden you kind of need a bit of a team or some support around you. Um, you Cause you've been wearing a lot of hats up till now. You've just been your one man band and you've been on your own. So there's lots of places where you can go and outsource, just maybe help by, you know, the half a day or day or, um, you know, there's all sorts of different places that you can go to find people that can support you in that respect. And, um, and yeah, you're, you, you have to be prepared for the fact that there will come a point where your, your business really no longer be, is, is your business. You then have to share it because not only do other people then have to work on your brand and treat it as their own, but also the consumers, the, the shoppers that are buying your product, they have a real interest and they, they, because they found you and you're small and they feel like they have a, an ownership of your product as well. So, I mean, it's a lovely, lovely product um, problem to have in that, you know, that it's it's become a thing that you, you maybe did, you had doubts about it. You maybe thought, oh, well, I don't know whether this product, does everyone going to like this product? And, and it shouldn't come as a surprise when people do. Um, but I work a lot with brands who are at that point and it's kind of, it does take them by surprise because their success, um, success when you're first starting out seems so far away yet here you are succeeding and and not only are you succeeding but you're thriving and you're now having to make your business grow and this is this is what your goal was this was always going to be the case so so yeah so it's it it's it shouldn't be a panic there's lots of support out there for you all the people i listed at the very beginning um there's lots of people out there who would be very happy to help you um and make your business even bigger success have you ever had to have a conversation with someone that perhaps was at that tipping point and maybe it was a case of, okay, you need to start hiring people, you need to maybe get technology involved, maybe you need to step outside of the business a little bit to allow you know, other people to do some of the jobs that, that you were doing, you know, yeah. that you used to be doing, so to speak. And has anyone that ever came to you or perhaps just, with the businesses that you've worked with or your own experience where people have been afraid of that you know I mean, I, I, well, one example that I, I sometimes give is people that 
don't want to hire people because then that eats out of their profits or maybe it's something that they're not so sure if they can actually afford or you know all those sorts of things right so people start to get to the point where okay I can afford my lifestyle now with the business that I have but I feel like it's like the the calm before the storm so to speak when it comes to I could I could get bigger now if I just put a bit more work in I want to create something that like takes the stress of that because sometimes if you wait too long it starts to happen and you've not built the business to cope with it and then it can break sometimes so if someone wants to do that but they're also afraid of doing that for whatever reason what would you say to those people yeah I mean I I would say play to your strengths I mean I'm a small business too you know I run my own business um it's not a food business it's a consultancy business but I you know play to your strengths bookkeeping and accounting literally terrifies me um and Thankfully, I have an amazing bookkeeper who allows me to sleep at night because I just outsource it. We all know what we're good at and what we're not good at. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty capable of doing a lot of things. But something like that, I literally just sit and cry because I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So just, just allow somebody else to take the strain just, and, then, and then move on and be fantastic at all the other things. But ultimately you will need to share the load you cannot do everything all at once it is is physically impossible um you do need to allow for the fact that there will come a point where you will have to just let go of your business a little bit but if you're still at the helm and in control and you have i keep going back to it a very firm plan and strategy in place and assuming everyone is following that, that that plan and strategy then you should still feel very much in control of your business that it should hopefully come so gradually that um, it isn't like an overnight thing. Um, again, although there are caveats, it does happen to some people. But, um, you know, just just make sure that you have the things in place. And yes, some people are scared of spending money. Um, and that, quite frankly, is the downfall of a lot of businesses. Is they grow too, too fast, too quick, and don't have the ability or the scalability to be able to make a success of it. Um, so, so yeah, I think you just have to manage it. Uh, make sure you've got a good team around you, people that you can trust, um, and work on it that way. Is there, is, there a, is there a possibility of being able to do those things, i.e., you know, perhaps hire people, perhaps have, like, technology in place, you know, try and create the... The business that can handle the scale you know if you start too small then you're the only person doing it maybe you make the the food products maybe you package it maybe you sell it maybe you do the the shipping as well you know like you out of your kitchen and you do your you know your almost local rounds so to speak that doesn't scream scalability in my mind when you first think of it and first start it is there is there an element of like, okay, how big do I need to be in order to handle the scale based on the plan, right? So let's let's just say the goal of the business is I would like to be able to pay all of my bills from the food business. So we're not talking millions unless your expenses are in the millions. We're talking cover the bills with that so then everything else that you make whether it be another job whether it be another business whether it be whatever it happens to be right a second or third income stream that gives you the the profits you know to to, to be able to spend on things right 
you want to cover your expenses with the food business. Is there an element of, okay, maybe you can't do that as a one-man team? Maybe you can't do that, you know, making everything from your kitchen and selling to like 20 or 30 people a week. Is there, is there like a, a minimum level that you would need in order to get to that point? It would very much depend on, well, firstly, your goal. What is it that you're wanting to, to get out of your business? Again, is it a hobby? Is it just something that's going to be a second job? Or is this something that's actually going to take over your life and become your your whole full-time job and, and potentially give jobs to other people? Um, so I would certainly be very clear on that. But yes, ultimately, there will become a tipping point and it will be different for other people um, some some products are far more involved and labor intensive than than others i mean i've got one guy who i work with who um who makes a kimchi product and it takes ages for his product to ferment and you know get to the level at which he can then start selling it so and there's other people who can literally knock up some some jams in in an afternoon and start selling them the following morning so it really does depend on the type of product how labor intensive it is what what your yield is um, over time um, and there will come a point at which you, you ultimately it is a sales vehicle what you are doing is it becomes less about the product but more about your ability to be able to sell it and if you are spending too much time making the product and not going out and selling it then your pro your um, brand your business will come to a grinding halt it gets to the point where it, it physically can't grow so either that means you get some students in and, and you know, get them all genned up on how to make your product and get them in so that, you know, twice a week so that they can come in and make it for you. Meanwhile, you're out on the road or you get a salesperson in, which is my lesser preferred route. Um, I get a salesperson in and you end up making all the product. But frankly, people don't aren't buying from a salesperson. They're buying from the personality behind the business. So if you can be that person, all the better. But some people just aren't natural salespeople. Some people just are utterly terrified and completely clam up. So again, play to your strengths. But yes, ultimately there will be a point at which you need you need to make that decision. Where there'll be a fork in the road. Do I go the sales route? Do I continue to make my product or do I outsource? What what do I do? What is my next and then this is where you sit down, pros and cons on a on a spreadsheet. Um, start working out some sums. How does that work for me? If I start to outsource, of course, they'll, they'll probably charge you less, but they'll take more of a margin. Da, 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 da. Work it all out. You know, just just take your time over it and just make sure that you get some advice if you if you can. Often accountants would be handy at stuff like this um, and work it out that way. One of the things that does stand out to me, Jane, is that it's about your strengths and what you want the, the business to look like. So if you if you want it to be 100% stress free and all you want to do is wake up in the morning and check up on perhaps the staff or check on the technology or whatever it is make sure the business hasn't broke overnight and then just go about your day knowing that everything's taken care of we don't really need to touch the business all that much that will look very different to someone whose vision is they want to create the products, they like it, they've got attention to detail, they want to be the chef. I think 
having the vision in place and having the how they want the business to look like, those two businesses will look very different because the first person would probably hire people to create the products. They probably have like sales staff or whatever it happens to be. They'll have people or systems in place at every level of the business, whereby the second person, I would imagine, would have people around them. They might have someone like almost like an assistant in the kitchen. They might have like a proper kitchen because they want to be the chef. And everybody else could do all the bookkeeping and the sales and everything else because all they want to do is be the chef and create everything because that's what they love to do. Is there an element of like it's hard to, is it ever hard to figure out what that is, what the vision is, what your strengths are, where it happens to be? Because I think people do get stuck in this position quite a lot, it's at least in my own experience, is people get stuck in their own heads. And I think that can have a big impact on their ability to act. Because sometimes sometimes you can be too late. Like it's like it's, it, to try and compete with say Starbucks now is going to be difficult. So if sometimes staying in your head or waiting for something for so long, someone else could have started it before you because you know they weren't in their head as much as you if that makes sense so yeah i think it's firstly i mean the the first thing you said about we want a stress-free life let's make it very clear we do not go into launching a product to have a stress-free life if if anybody thinks that launching a a food product and and managing a food brand um is is easy then um i'm I'm sorry to disappoint you but it it really isn't at all it's it's, it's so many facets to it and whether that's you know making the product selling the product making sure there's enough margin if you're if you've got people working for you making sure that they're financially secure um and mentally secure and motivated and all the other stuff that comes with with um employing people you got you'll have your your VAT and all your tax people you know that you need to satisfy you've got your customers that you you are they'll always have a problem at some point whether they be short delivered or there's a problem with the quality or they want more you and you can't supply them it is far from a stress-free environment so regardless of what way you go there is always going to be an element of stress involved with it unfortunately (laughs) <laughs> now, well, sorry, but what I would say, and this goes to everybody at any level of, of success, whether you're just starting out or whether you're already established and you're going from strength to strength, is get yourself a mentor because they can see very objectively um, and strategically away from your business where you as an individual need to focus. Now that's not meaning to say that it's going to be the best thing ultimately for your business, but hopefully by inertia, by the fact that you are supporting the, the person that for you as an as in a mentor, I do mentoring, if, if you support somebody at the top of their business who then can filter down and support the business underneath that, then that has to be a positive thing. Now everybody will run their business differently. I work with like I say work with lots of different businesses, all of different shapes, sizes, the, the person at the top either does sales or they do finance or they, they run the business on their own. There's a million different ways of running successful businesses. Not one is, is I would say, perfect, um, but they're, they're all, you know, hands and knees scraping through, <laughs> through this business as best they can. But <laughs> I would say that, they, that the one thing that, that a successful business will have is someone 
just to talk to. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I, I work in isolation. I, I, I'm a freelancer. The thought of just being able to pick up the phone and go, you know what? I've had a really crap day. This happened, this happened, this happened. And I'm actually stuck. I actually do not know what way to turn. I'm at my wits end. Help me. And to just have a rational um, calm voice at the other end of the phone for someone just to go right I hear you I completely understand what you're saying have you tried this and let, let's let's create a plan forward have you done this 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 you know and and just having a, that, that other person to be able to just bring calmness where there has been chaos it makes such a massive difference so I wouldn't say that's any right or wrong way to run a business um, I wouldn't say that that people need people underneath them to make it a success. A lot of people haven't. Um, as just whatever works with you. Everybody's different. Everybody's experiences are different. Everybody's business plans are different. Everybody's products are different. Some people might be in a partnership. They may be working with their husband, spouse, wife, um, brother, sister, auntie, uncle. I know friends who have clubbed together to make businesses. Everybody has a very different dynamic within their business. Some succeed, some don't, and it's all down to personalities. But to have somebody externally be able to support you is vital, um, and it it can really make or break a business, quite frankly. Well, that's it's a very very good way to end. If someone wanted to find out a bit more about yourself, Jane, how can how can people reach out? Uh, sure, I'm on Twitter, which is at Foodie Jane. Um, you can look at my website, which is FMC Genie, or email me anytime, Jane, at fmcgenie.com. Ooh, hopefully, hopefully, right, hopefully, Jane, people won't just bombard your inbox with emails. Ho hopefully, right, people listening, don't just send her like 20 emails and hope she replies. Oh, so I reply to all of them, I promise. <laughs> the sensible ones, I mean, just like, you know, reality check. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be sensible. <laughs> I'm I am very approachable. Don't you worry. I'd love <laughs> cool. to hear from people. Awesome. All right. Well, we've got one one last question for you. Sure thing. And I ask everyone this. So if you if anyone's listening that's been a bit a veteran to the show, you will probably know what the question is. <gasps> and we've had like funny answers. So yep. brace yourself, it. right? We've had funny answers. We've also had even funnier answers. Um, <laughs> oh God, bar's quite high. Then come on, Jane, pull it out. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. But we've also had quite simple ones as well. I think you'd be quite surprised. So this one is, let's see what the answer is to this one. What would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Heavens above, my goodness. <laughs> I, uh, what, do, what do they know about me that... Oh, wowzers. I would say that I am... Ah... Uh, that I was here we go um I'm, I may come across incredibly confident um I'm not I'll never be the loudest person in the room far from it I have quiet confidence but I was incredibly shy when I was young and I think I'm now the person that I would have liked to have been when I was a lot younger um so so yeah so I, I think I can, can sympathize with the people and I do think um people that are quiet that are shy that are, lack the confidence um and i try and i try and encourage people that way because everybody's got it in them to succeed um, myself included i hasten to add being told some and i have been told this by several bosses that i'll come to nothing 
um, is, is a very nice place to be when you've been running your own business for a couple of years successfully. So um, um, yeah, that's probably, I don't know whether people know that about me, um, that I'm actually probably <laughs> a closet shy person, but, um, but there we go. Yeah, I think that, that seems to be, I wouldn't say it was a running theme, because you know, the more, more episodes we have, the more strange and wacky and wonderful the answers can get. I feel mine was very boring, actually. What have the other answers been? Well, no, I mean, we've, we've had from, I don't know, I, I like chocolate cake all the way to, I like relaxing to classical music, even though the guys like someone to do with the army or whatnot. So, <laughs> so, so, so we have oh. had, we, we have had a lot of, a lot of insights. I, I think one of them, I can't even remember who said it. One of them was like, he likes dancing around the house naked or something like that. So, so well, we, we, we can't judge. We can't judge. No, we can't. I mean, we all have our own little, uh, our own little <laughs> things, don't we? I, well, I have to say, um, I, I don't, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, gosh, oh, I mean, there's lots of things I couldn't possibly tell you, I mean, goodness, so we all have our secrets, don't we, but for, for you know, in the interest of keeping this professional, um, I'm quite happy with the answer I've given, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, so for those of you that are tuning in, make sure you do subscribe, this was an awesome chat with jane all about food and all about starting our our businesses on a shoestring hopefully there's been some insights in there if you have any questions for jane feel free to reach out over twitter or you can send her an email as long as it's sensible for those of you that are yeah, I like silly ones too <laughs> as long as you do check out the other episodes hopefully there are plenty in there that people will love to enjoy love to hear as well um for those of you that would like to hear more make sure you do check out the other guests as i said make sure you subscribe if you want to be in with the chance of winning a freebie from myself then simply tag the podcast or search the podcast or come and reach out to me it's mike mcdonald all over the place and jane thanks for being a guest on the show i appreciate you coming welcome. on i really enjoyed it and i hope we keep in touch super likewise speak to you soon <laughs>